The title of this message is God's Structure of Safety. Amen. So, Father God, we just thank you. It's hard to come for a landing. So I'm going to take a minute. Lord, I just thank you. Father God, I thank you that I'm emptied before you. I have nothing for your people, but you have all things for them. I thank you, Father God, that I am a vessel that you have chosen to use for today. And so I surrender to you, to the leading of your spirit, that you would be glorified, that they would see you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father God, let your word be established in the hearts of your people. That's our prayer in this ministry, that God's word be established in their lives. Again, this is a season of you being built up, him strengthening you, that you would go out and minister to those that God brings across your paths. You are called by him. The mighty call. Hallelujah. As Brother Michael is going to speak, what is it? The fight? Take it, right? Take it. The calling as God calls you. Grab it. Take hold of it. Go forward in it. In Jesus' name. 1 Peter 2.9. I want to establish God's word in this house. But you who are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may, may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We experience being called out of darkness today into his marvelous light. Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Amen? Amen. You've heard many times, if you've come to this ministry, that this is decade of consecration. And this is truly what God is doing with his people. Amen. This is a, more, a Memorial Day weekend. It is a time to honor our men and women who have served and are now serving. In the five branches of our military, the Air Force, the Army, the Coast Guard, the Marine Corps, and the Navy. If you have served our nation in this house, if you have served our nation there on live stream, would you go in the comments and just put your name and the branch of the military that you served in? We want to say thank you to you. We want to honor you. If there's anyone in the sanctuary that has served in the military, any branch of it, we would like you to stand up because we want to honor you. Amen. 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 Would you... Would, would you get? Would you say your names and the branch in which you served in? Amen, sir. Amen. 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 We honor you this day. We say thank you for your service. We thank you for God's blessing that is upon you, Ishokori, and the rights that you serve that we have today. We honor you. And we honor all of you that are on live stream. We say thank you. You're important. You matter. Amen. Amen. And I just release a blessing upon you. The blessing of the Lord be upon you. Amen. And I say, Father God, you know each and every one of them that is on live stream and the two that are here in this house. Father God, I'm asking that you would do a mighty work, Father God, in their lives. That, Father God, whatever needs to be broken off, Father God, that you would break it off. 
Father God, I come to speak, Father God, wholeness of mind. That, Father God, if the enemy has come to torment them, if the imageries keep returning, Father God, I'm asking that you would bind them and cast them out and remove them, Father God. I'm asking that you would take that past, Father God, those past experiences, those past traumas, and roll them up into a ball and cast them into the lake of fire where they belong. And Father God, I just release your peace upon their minds, your peace upon their bodies. Father God, if there's any area in their bodies that they need healing, Father God, I'm asking that you would send forth your healing power upon them. Restore their bodies, Father God. I thank you that you've created our bodies to bring life, to rejuvenate, Father God. And so I just release life into each and every one of them, your life, Jesus. Father God, thank you. Bless them. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. There's a structure in the military. There are guidelines for the servicemen and women to keep. There are men and women in positions of authority that when they speak the word, they are obeyed. There is a fear of that position of authority, and those under it will obey because they know it will keep them safe and others safe. They also know that the danger of not obeying the authority in command, it can bring consequences, and in the field, it could cause even the loss of life. They are trained in this. They are trained to be obedient to the fullest. The structure of the military remains because of the ones who stay within that structure. The title of my message is God's Structure of Safety. Matthew 8, 5 shows us the authority of the centurion man. I'm going to paraphrase. He came to Jesus because his servant was suffering with, with um, paralyzed, that he was paralyzed and tormented. Jesus told him, I'll go to your house and heal him. But the centurion man said, no, only speak the word. And my servant will be healed, for I am a man under authority. Having soldiers under me, I say go or come or do, and they obey it. They do it. Jesus marveled at his great faith, and because he believed, his servant was healed. This is an example of that authority, those positions, of that structure of military. But God has his own structure. God set up this structure in his word for us, guides to keep us safe and protected. He has given us the Ten Commandments and his laws and his statutes that we would walk in his ways and live in a right way of righteousness. We are no longer under the law. God's word is yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus did not come to remove the law, but to fulfill. To fulfill it. The law guides us in a more excellent way. It is a moral guide that keeps us sound. Amen. We're going to be reading Exodus 19 and 20, and I know it's a lot of word, but God wants to establish his structure in your life. And I want to read Exodus 19 because I want you to visualize what was going on when God released the Ten Commandments. And so if you bring that up, please. We're going to start with verse 3. It says, Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. 
You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. This was God's heart towards his people. God was showing his people his heart and what he wanted to do for them as a people, as a nation. Then the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the word of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Let them be ready for the third day, for on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for the people all around saying, take heed to yourself that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. And when the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So Moses went down to the mountain to the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. And the people, and he said to the people, be ready for the third day and do not come near your wives. Then it came. To, so I want you to see the scenario here. Can you kind of grasp what was going on? Amen. When it came to the, then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was thundering and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so, all, so that the, all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp and met with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came upon the mountain of Sinai on the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up and the Lord said to Moses go down and warn the people lest they break through the gaze to gaze at the Lord and many of them perish this is Moses' respond back to the Lord just a minute also, let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. This is Moses' response. But Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. The Lord changes his tone right here because God knows all things. He knows what was going on down at the base of that camp. He knows that they were wanting to come near the presence. Their eyes were focused on the presence and not on him. Then the Lord say, get away. Get down and then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. 
So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. Amen. So do you get a feel? This is what was going on when God decided to release the Ten Commandments. I think a lot of God's people think the Ten Commandments, you can obey them or not. They don't realize the intensity in, in which God released them to his people. This was important to God. He was very intense on them, uh, their eyes focusing on him and understanding what he was about to release to them. This was his structure that he was setting up. He came to show them the fear of the Lord. Amen. When I was reading this, I could just feel the intensity. I could just feel the Lord and how he, the whole atmosphere, how it was set up. God was showing his greatness to his children. He was letting the children of Israel hear his voice for themselves. This had not happened. It was his glo the glory of God in full display. In this, God releases the Ten Commandments. Exodus 21. I don't know about you, but this changes how I look about the Ten Commandments. The seriousness of staying within that structure. God spoke these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Is there anyone in this house that has been brought out of bondage? How many have just been brought out of bondage today? <laughs> Amen. See, there was a purpose in that. He wants you free. He wants you free so that you can walk and stay in his safety. Can you go back one, please? Amen. Okay, go forward. Verse 3, please. I'm going to go commandment by commandment and just see how the Lord wants to speak. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. That's a small sentence, but how great is that word? As the Lord is, re as we are going through these Ten Commandments, I want you to ask yourself, ask the Lord to reveal if there's things that are in your life, any disobedience, any sin that has come against these commandments because this is our guide. This is our guide that allows us to know if we're standing in the rightness of God or if we've strayed outside of it. This is the structure that God set up his authority for us, that we live in his safety in this. Gods can be anything. Anything. Anything that comes between your relationship and him. Anything that you have put importance on. Anything that your mind focuses on more than God. It could be an idol. Could be a God in your life. Amen. You should not make for yourself carved images. Any likeness of anything. Wow. Any likeness of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath 
or that is in the water under the earth. Any images? I want to say if you worship people, if you worship saints, even if you worship the blessed mother of Jesus, Mary, it's wrong. For the word of God says nothing shall come before me. We want to set up these things that are created things instead of worshiping the creator of them. God is the creator of all things. He is the only uncreated one. And we worship him. We serve him. We don't worship and serve the things that he made. No matter what they are. No matter what they are. I say search your lives. God says judge yourself. That you would not be judged. He's setting up a structure that we would live in it and walk in it. Amen. You should not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me. When you serve other gods, when you place things above him, it is a statement to God that you hate him. How strong is that? No one would think, I hate God, but that's what you're doing. You're putting other things, other gods before him. And if you're not for God, you're against him, you're his enemy. It's a strong word. God's serious in this. He's serious in his commandments. He's serious in his laws. Again, we're not underneath them. We're not held down by them. But they are a guide for our lives. We want to walk in righteousness. We want to walk in the morals of God. His ways. But he shows mercy to thousands. To those who love me. And keep my commandments. Here we say there are only 10. There's only 10 that we have to keep. (laughs) Only 10. And yet he says, my heart for you is that my mercy would be upon thousands. Amen. You should not take the Lord's name in vain. Excuse me. You should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I remember, you know, when I learned the Ten Commandments as a child, you know, in Sunday school, we were required to memorize them. And I remember thinking that every time a person would say the name of God like God, when they weren't praying or they weren't talking about him, then that was in vain. You know, when they'd, you know, put his name, you know, before a cuss word or something like that, that that was using his name in vain. And it is. And it is. (laughs) For this generation that says the whatever. (laughs) O.M. Anyway, blessings to you. God revealed. (laughs) Anyway. But it goes deeper than that. Using God's name is vain. It's when we have come before him. We have confessed our sins before him. He has adopted us into his kingdom, into his, uh, as our father. He's adopted us as children. He has become our father. And then we walk away. That is when we take his name in vain. When we make the name of the Lord of no value in our life. When we decide that it has no power in our life. It's a serious thing. But I want to speak of the prodigal son. (laughs) 
where even though he walked away from everything that he had with the Father, the Father waited for him. He stood there with the robe of righteousness, with the, the ring of the kingdom, and with his shoes of peace. Because I'm telling you, once you have tasted the goodness of God, once you have been saved, once you've experienced his presence, and if you've walked away, there is no peace. I am a living testimony of me walking away for a season. God drew me back, and I'm telling you, there was no peace in my life until I came back and surrendered my life to him. God has not forsaken you or left you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. Those of you, I remember uh, as a small child saying that once you, you know, once you became a backslider, that was it. That's not God's word. That's not what he says. That's not what, the, that's not his heart. He said he searches. He goes after the one he will go after that treasure that's been lost until he finds it, until he brings it back in. And so I just tell you, it's never too late. God loves you. Return to the Father. Turn from those wicked ways. Come and confess before him. He gladly just wraps his arms around you. He loves you so much. He's for you. He's for you. I tell you, he's for you. Amen. The enemy is the one that's against you. The enemy that has wooed you away. It was the enemy's fault that caused you to stray. So God says, just come. Just come. Hallelujah. God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is, who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. It means he reverend it. He reverenced the Sabbath day. Amen. I just say all of you are blessed because you reverence his Sabbath day, his day of rest. So, so in the world that we live in today, so some of us might need to make adjustments. We need to return back to what the Lord has set up, his structure, even in keeping the Sabbath day. For those that have got used to being home, this live stream through this season of us not being able to come in, come back. Come back to the sanctuary. Come back and get underneath the anointing of God in his presence. Come, hallow the Sabbath as God has created it to be. For in that is your freedom. Your freedom. In that is your peace. Amen. Amen. I want to go back one. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. God takes it very serious as far as honoring our parents. He also takes it serious when there's unforgiveness. When things come up within our families, we need to let them go. Keeping hold of the past is destruction upon our lives. We cannot go forward 
when we're constantly being bombarded by the enemy of our past. We cannot go forward when uh, unforgiveness is there for one another, when offense is there for one another. And it's a simple thing. He says, just honor them. But it's a big step in our freedom when we choose to forgive them no matter what. God will take care of that. Let God take care of that. Whatever that was, whatever it was, let God take care of that. That's between him and them. And as he has set me free, he will set them free. Because that's his work. That's what he does. That's his love. He covers all the sin in his love. And because he loves them and because he loves us, we need to just let it go. Let it go. That he can come and do a complete work in you and in your family. Be the first to start it, that it would be a rippling effect throughout your family. A ripple effect of forgiveness, of restoration, of coming back together. What a mighty thing that would be. Amen. What a privilege it is today that I actually have my mother in the sanctuary. So wave at them, Mom. Amen. Amen. She drove two hours to come and be with me today and to spend the weekend with me. So I honor you, Mom. I love you. Amen. Amen. I've been blessed to have a mother like the mother that I have. And whether you can say that or not, say it. Amen. Speak it out. Proclaim what is as though it isn't. Amen. I bless my mother. I was blessed to have this mother. Yes. Amen. Speak what you want to happen. Speak it out. Confess what you want to happen in your relationships with your family. Speak it out. Declare it. Claim it. Claim the victory for your relationships. And watch God move quickly. Amen? Amen. You shall not murder. Most of us say, could say, I would hope, <laughs> that, you haven't, that I haven't murdered. I haven't taken anyone's life. But the word of God goes beyond this of the natural state. He said life and death is in the tongue. And he said, when you speak words of hate, it is as you are murdering, speaking murder. Although it's not a physical death, you are killing them in their spirit, man. You are causing death to come upon them, curses to come upon them, spiritually killing them. Wow. I can truly ask for forgiveness for this because even though our hearts don't want to we are flesh and sometimes that flesh rises up and it is influenced to speak out things that we really don't want to speak out so the Lord's there this is his structure to say don't do that guard your tongue have self-control over your mouth, self-control over your emotions, self-control over what you're doing. Amen. I love this because in all of these things, in every one of these commandments, God just says, confess it. He washes it away. Hallelujah. That fast. Hallelujah. That fast that fast we didn't have to go and sacrifice bulls Jesus was the sacrifice for us I tell you I thank God that I'm under the new covenant I praise him for being born in a season under the new covenant of God that I did not live back then I would not even been accepted me being a Gentile I would not even been accepted but praise be to God Amen. And his way of redemption for us. 
between men. You should not commit adultery. And I'm going to add or fornication. Because I tell you what, the body of Christ, they think it's okay to live together. They think it's okay to have relationships outside the marriage. God's setting a guideline here to keep you safe. Because when you open the doors, when you go outside of that structure, the enemy can come in. The enemy is waiting there to set traps for you. These are traps that he sets when you go outside the structure of God. And he will catch you. You let your mind wander in these areas, you'll be caught. One of the things that, um, anyway, part of the enemy's traps is he bombards your mind. And in these areas of, of sexual sins, he gets your mind to think of those that are outside your marriage, whether it be a husband or spouse. And then he comes with words to justify why it should be okay because they're neglecting you. They don't love you. You're unappreciated. You have to do all the work. They don't do nothing. Every one of these words are the every one of these words are the work of the enemy to set the trap against you. And I speak this out because we need to be aware. We need to recognize what the enemy's doing. These little daytime fantasies that we allow our minds to wander in, they need to stop. I'm telling you, they need to stop. Don't allow the enemy to come in and set that trap that you would be bound in it, that he would be able to draw you away from God. Don't allow it. Don't be naive to his doings. He's coming to steal, to kill, to destroy your relationship with God and everything that God has given you, the blessings, his favor. I have seen this work. Um, I've seen the, the consequences of it, of God saying to an individual, don't go, they go. They crossed the line, and immediately the favor of God was lifted from them. Immediately. Prior to that, they were growing. They were moving. God was working in their lives. In a moment, he just lifted his favor, his presence. I'm here to say that the Lord has drawn them back, but it has been years. It has been years. But his love, his mercy. But I'm telling you, why go there? Why have to experience the lifting of God's presence from our lives? We want to stay in the structure that he has given us. It's important. It's important. As the world gets more evil and more dark, as the moral compass gets so out of whack, we need to stay within this structure. And I might be getting a few comments too, Apostle Michael. Uh, you can send them to him because he knows the delete button. But I tell you what, if the truth is not spoken, how will you know? How will you know? There are things that are not right. There are things that cause consequences in our relationship with God. There are things that open us up to the snares and the traps of the enemy. There are things that we do that bring hindrance. And so we want to remove any, anything of that. We want to remove that from our lives. Because again, you are a holy people. God's chosen. His priests. This is the process of that consecration. Judging yourself. Staying within the guidelines. Surrendering it all to him. Letting him wash over you. And he will. And he does. And he fills us with his joy, with his spirit, with his presence. 
let's move on. <laughs> you shall not still. Amen. That's in anything, whether it be a little something from work, whether it be your ties from God. In Malachi, it speaks of it. The people said, where did we steal from you, Father? In ties and offerings. So we want to make sure everything's lined up. Amen. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Go ahead. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or husband, nor his male servant or his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Anything. Whatever they have, if the enemy is trying to get your eyes to desire the things of your neighbors, put a stop to it. Because God wants to bless you with what he wants you to have. And this even goes with, with God's giftings. If you're, you know, if you're desiring someone else's giftings, put a stop to it. Don't allow it. Because God has created you. He has placed his giftings in you that you would flow in that anointing. He has put a certain anointing upon you to flow in it. Someone else's anointing, someone else's giftings would not be working sufficiently through you. There's a purpose for each and every one of you. You're all a part of God's body. You're very important, each and every one of you. Thank God for how he has made you and how he's gifted you. And stay in it. Stay in your lane. Stay in it. Don't be hopping this way or wanting that or, you know, just stay in it. Now all the people witnessed the thunders and the lightning flashes, the sounds of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they, went, then they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. God's people, the church, even now, are pretty much the same. God calls, he's calling, he's been calling, come to me, draw to me, come in intimacy with me, come and hear my voice for yourself. He's calling his people. And many will go, many are going, many are experiencing that new level of intimacy with the Father that they never knew before. I'm experiencing that new level of intimacy with the Father that I never knew before. But then there's that portion that God speaks to them so lovingly. I've heard it over and over, and yet they step back. We don't want to be that people. We don't want to be the one that won't go through that smoke. We just came through two years of smoke. And I tell you, on those that kept going through, they drew near to God. Those that stepped back, God's still calling them. He's still calling them. But there was a great advancement in going through that darkness, that hard place. Those that just endured, they just, every day, just got up and went, just went, just kept doing God drew them near, and we met him in a greater way. I know for sure I can stand here and testify that this ministry, we grew in a mighty way. We grew closer to the Lord in that time. 
Amen. Now it's like, where, where, where is it? <laughs> Amen. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for your word. God truly is revealing his heart towards his people, his desire to abide with us and in us. And he waits to see our choices if we draw near or if we step back. He just waits. But I'm telling you, he's calling you to draw near. He's calling you to get in the word, to look up the structures that he has set because it is safety for your life. The enemy wants to come and bring death to you, destruction to you, to steal whatever God has given you. But when we remain in those structures, when we judge ourselves, when we go before him and say, Father God, search me, search my heart, See if there's any unclean thing there. Search my soul. Is there any work of the enemy there that needs to be removed? Father God, reveal it. Reveal it. I don't want to get to the end and miss out. Because I didn't take the time to allow God to search this. I don't want to miss out because I didn't forgive someone of a little thing. I don't want to miss out. I don't want you to miss out. Take the time. Take that time with him. And I tell you, he will just draw you so close. He will love you so much. You will just be in awe of his love his presence and it will overwhelm you and it will just cause you to desire more of him that's all he wants to experience to encounter to abide with each other that's what he wants that's how our God is he's not terrible He's not this big thing. He's just a love. That's who he is, love. Amen. I tell you, I have a new view of the Ten Commandments. It's important to us. It should be important to us, the word of God, that we be transformed by it. Amen. Can we just give him praise? You know, when the Lord gave this to me, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's Memorial Day, and then he says Ten Commandments. <laughs> I'm like, Lord. I don't question him because we just don't. But I'm thinking, how does this connect? <laughs> Where are you going with this? But he just weaves everything so beautifully that when we just trust him, he just pours out his heart to you. And so, Father God, I thank you for your word for your people. Amen. As we're closing here, I want to read Psalms 103.12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. <laughs> Acts 3.19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Amen. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. God wasn't finished. He wanted to give you a little bit more. And so he released a prophecy to you. And so we're going to speak it. This is his heart towards you. 
Yes, I am calling them into greater times of intercession, drawing their hearts back to prayer and seeking me, coming back to my heart for souls, where my passion for souls are your passion, where you ache for those that are hurting, lost, forsaken, where your eyes are drawn to the homeless, knowing it's not money they need, but my son who made a way for them out of the darkness of this life. I am aligning my people, drawing them back to remission of sin, for where there is no remission, there is no forgiveness. I am a God of forgiveness and mercy. Come in a heart of surrender, confession. I will bring a washing and cleansing, a refreshing upon my people like that has not been seen before. I am preparing the bride for my son. I'll start again. I am preparing the bride that my son will come back for. And in returning, and in return, will offer you back to me for my approval. And I will say, well done. And And the bride, which is the church. And I will give the bride, which is the church. I will give her back to my son. For this is his great reward. You are his great reward. It's worth keeping your lives in the structure of God. For we are... Jesus' great reward, the price that he paid for us. Amen. Amen. So we always want to offer up if there's anyone that does not know him as their Lord and Savior, first and foremost because that's the most important thing in our lives that we start right there, knowing him. So if there's anyone, if there's anyone online, anyone in the sanctuary, just raise your hand. Amen. What I tell you, uh, those that are online, the Lord says if you'd believe that Jesus is the son of God and confess your sins that he is faithful and able to forgive them. <laughs>